Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How long gone? <laughs> uh, Chris Black here coming to you live uh, from Money Making Manhattan. Uh, DJ Them Jeans a little early for you on the West Coast today, but I hope you're feeling okay. Yeah, things are going well over here in Money Losing Glendale. I, it's not, it's it's not too early. It's not so early where I'm just like discombobulated and angry and cunty. I got to get my hot girl walk in, and mm-hmm. it's freezing. It was like yo yo in in freezing. Orange County. Ooh. Where my mama live, it's it's yeah. dead ass. <laughs> this morning, f- hey mama, <laughs> at my mom at mama house is thirty seven degrees plus fifty mile an hour winds for Huntington Beach. That's pretty, bro. That's pretty gnarly. Think of the swell. You know what I mean? Like, let's think about the positives. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of pumping from the Japanese tsunami. Heart goes out to those guys <laughs> over there, but the waves have been particularly. Tasty. particularly sick um so we did have a big um friday night which we didn't get to cover sunday because we recorded earlier but we attended the uh w magazine annual best performances party uh hosted by our friends uh hosted by our friend sarah moonvez at the <coughs> chateau marmont w magazine annual best performances party that would be the W-M-A-B-P-P. We we weren't, just to be clear, we were not nominated for a Golden Globe, a Creative Arts Emmy, an Emmy, or an Oscar, uh, just just to keep it 100. Neither was rip. Nick Kroll's goofy ass, but he was there. <laughs> you smell me? All right, but now the, the one thing I will say about any Hollywood party is that John Hamm will be there. And John <laughs> Hamm be working. Like, John Hamm yeah. isn't a slouch. Like, this motherfucker works. And I think he might be sober now because, you know, he had a little. So I'm just like, how can you do? And you're married. Like, how can you do this? Yeah. And also with perhaps a non prescription lensed glasses <laughs> being thrown into play. <laughs> so he's he kind of has a big little lies. I mean, he's I, I don't want him to lose his mojo because five, ten years ago. Show me anyone person, place, thing. Man, woman, animal, a, a telephone pole would want would fuck oh, yeah. John. Oh yeah. But now it's kind of like I mean, he doesn't look bad. He looks pretty he looks pretty good. No, he he of course looks great, but we got to get him to lose the shades. That's my that's my two cents, but he does go to every thought little thought party that we go to as well. And for a guy who is married, does he just like hanging out with I mean, he, it's look, Lil Nas. If, if it's if, he, he just loves booling with Luca Sabatini. Yeah, he got a picture with Nicholas Gesquier. No, it's because <laughs> I think it's his. He knows it's part of his job, you know, which it is, mm-hmm. you know, you know. But it's like it's also part of Emma Stone's job. But Emma Stone ain't coming unless she gets a cover. It's just it's just two different. It's it's just the way people operate. But John's on like yellow, like a Yellowstone offshoot now, right? Yeah, exactly. Offshoot <sighs> um, hater. You know. We ain't checking for the offshoots, but we did see there was a lot of uh, 
How Long Gone, Friends and Family yeah. in the building. Um, Rachel Senate. Lionel from The Bear was in the building. Uh, no, Naomi and, who, and Kate Who Berlant. accepted the award at the Golden Globe. I know, that was, was big. So cool to see. And that was very cool. Um, yeah, Katie B is in the building. Who Katie else B. we got up in there? DJ Ross One played a Them Jeans <laughs> remix. <laughs> Bro, I literally was, t I leaned over to Jason and was like, damn, this song is so good. And he's like, Bro, this is a Them Jeans remix. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was some old head showing respect to another old head. Okay, so do you think rap tease author ross one did that because you were in the building or do you think that stays in the serato i think the answer is both i think uh, i think okay. that he was inspired <laughs> to perhaps play that once he saw my big bird ass darken the doorway of the chateau suite mm -hmm. but he said that he plays it all the time at these types of you know kind of loungy fashion parties and it never leaves his digital crate and i said even if you're lying ross i'll take it you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i agree i mean look and as well as ross's beautiful wife they're always shutting it down and also you know sarah moonves of course and henny henny was henny was wearing his uh custom the row suit from his wedding that says like has that on the tag on the inside has what on the tag like for jeff his wedding day for jet like you, oh, you know, okay. the whole thing uh no, the day would have been nice, but he did okay. at his at his wedding. Jeff did three wardrobe changes, so it's tough to Jesus keep track, you know, Christ. of what. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I don't doubt it. Um, also, super throwback guest Evan Ross Katz was there, who usually doesn't recognize or acknowledge me at any of these parties, but this time he did. I see him. And I, it was, it was I see him, him at every party. I think he was covering. You know, he was like taking uh, selfies with famous gay guys. She's in work mode, which is his job. It's sick. Yeah, I agree. That's turned turned into turned it into a motherfucking job. I um, uh, I ended up bump I bumped into thespian Willem Dafoe so many times that we had to sort of acknowledge it. <laughs> where every every time I so everywhere I turn is he is he, what is he in? What is Willem Dafoe? Poor things. He's in poor things. Uh, oh, you mean recently? Not the, no okay. <laughs> this this season. Yeah, yeah, this, this season. season. Yeah. yeah, he would just he, he just like every other actor short shorter than you think shorter than you hope especially compared to my frame <laughs> so it was like um you go like when you go over to your sister's house and the two twins are running around between your legs <laughs> popping up behind the couch that's, that's what willem <laughs> defoe is to me and he for his age he's spry and sprightly he is he also willem defoe looked like he was having the time of his life like he was actually having fun which I don't know why he was grooving. Just happy to be here. I wouldn't player. expect it, but he looks great. And he's he's just one of the kind of old school, interesting face guys that we don't really have anymore. Well, we got Barry oh, Kinogan yeah. or whatever, but his face is interesting, like a lesbian that works at Chick Fil A. <laughs> I mean, like a Prada, interesting. You know? Yeah, Barry is Barry has become so divisive lately, where <laughs> people just are obsessed with him and so horny for him and ovulating for him. <laughs> or they're just really roasting the shit out of him for looking like a, I guess, lesbian, which which is nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with looking like a lesbian, but it's, it is interesting. Yes, I, I, <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. That's a <laughs> Formula, formulate your uh, comment. Uh, yeah, but look, I, I mean, <laughs> overall, I had a blast and we had dinner at Sunset Tower before and, and it was a real Hollywood night, but you didn't, you didn't get to your damp January is continuing. I didn't see you do any drugs. You only had a couple drinks. Is that fair? Yeah, I had a martini. I, I was going to hold strong, but then I ended up not holding strong. 
Um, that's yeah. That's what. <laughs> that's what you have to say. I, had a go, I mean, when you go back to a meeting after falling <laughs> off the wagon. <laughs> yeah, I came in and flicked my four-day chip at my sponsor and said <laughs> it happened. And they said, "Come on in, brother. Coffee's warm." Um. Yeah. It. You know. I. It's. It's a heavy room. Like every time I go. I was talking to Ross one about this. He he has less of a what am I doing um, kid Cuddy voice when he goes there because he's used to rubbing elbows with the celebs. But when I'm there, it's like the only time I'm in that room is when I'm DJing and you can kind of hide behind it as your crutch and you're like, here's I'm here because this is my job and this is why I'm here. But when I'm there as a civilian walking around, I really feel like I mean, not that I don't deserve to be there. I feel like I do deserve to be there, but I'm just like this. You don't. Is, you don't. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> I'm, I, I need a little. I, I need more social lubrication. Yeah, than sure, for the sure. average kickback. You know, when my brother has the Gosney out in the backyard and Warheim brought over <laughs> some chilled reds, that's fine. But when it's just like, hello, MS Stone and Margot Robbie. I was hoping we were gonna get a Dim Jeans Quinta Brunson link up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was kind of angling for because she she came she came over while we were talking to Lionel and she had no time for us. But I was like, damn, the picture of TJ with Quinta Brunson would really set my world on fire. I have to say <laughs> that would have been next time. Next time. There's always something to shoot for. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a Quinta fan myself. I thought you liked her. Wasn't she in that show? Didn't she do that show you like Abbott Elementary? Yeah, eh, I'm not I'm not into it. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were Abbott head. I thought you were graduating from Abbott Elementary. You talking about Black Modern Family? I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> I mean, see, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. Uh, but she's everywhere. No, I mean, it has fun. Like Zach Fox is is on it, and I think he does some writing there. There are like a few funny bits here and there, but they have they have the clip. They they had the Joe Budden storyline you know that the little things like that are funny but to me it's too much it's it's earnest maxing a little too much and every episode gets tied up with a i mean it's on like network thingy. tv it's it's on yeah, yeah, network yeah. it's TV, not for me so it kind of has it has to be that um all right speaking of tv we have a guest today uh matt bellany is the the founding partner and entertainment guy over at uh puck um, one of our favorite newsletters. Uh, if, if you don't subscribe, go do it now. Uh, Lauren Sherman does the fashion vertical, mm -hmm. um, and he he was the editor of uh, Hollywood Reporter, Hollywood Reporter for a ver very long time, and also in a classic Hollywood business guy move, he's also a lawyer, mm -hmm. which I always like when people have the have the real chops. Yeah, most people do the DJ to podcaster pipeline, but he went for, he, he went for the lawyer to podcaster pipeline yes, which is the yes, type of rare, thing yes. where like his dad was probably like you sure about this boy Are you sure we you went to you went to we paid a lot of money for this being a trojan ain't free sweetie he's got a, he's got a podcast called the town uh that comes out twice a week that is actually one of the rare podcasts that i've added to my rotation along with the joe budden podcast that's now inching into the four hour zone <laughs> um Matt's is a little more uh, digestible yeah. and um, keeps me in the know about how bad, you know, David Zaslav is and shit like that. <laughs> um, but I think Matt is in Vegas right now. Uh, so let's uh, let's give him a jingle. Oh, okay. How Long Gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp, you know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, 
we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. So, uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know, it's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest. With BetterHelp, visit BetterHelp.com slash long today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash long. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh. And internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding. Thank God. Take the first step <laughs> to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code HOWLONG, all one word. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long? That's neutral. Dot com promo code how long? Uh, Matt, thanks for joining us um, from beautiful Las Vegas. Killer's voice. What is the? Are you there? Kind of trying to lose your life savings? Or you have something else going on? Uh, well, losing the life savings is just a happy byproduct. I'm here for <laughs> CES, the tech conference. And I'm moderating a panel on artificial intelligence with the leaders of the Hollywood labor unions. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds super fun. Your, si your silence is deafening there. Yeah. No, it's, okay. it's going to be exciting. <laughs> that's, a heady, that's a heady chat for afternoon in Vegas. Yeah, I know. And it's funny. It's at like the Horseshoe Casino in some you know ballroom with you know weird name. So, really? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm downplaying here, but it, it's actually the first time that they've all gotten together publicly since the strikes last summer. Ah, uh, okay. And okay. so it should be a really good conversation. <laughs> I we followed a lot of my strike news came from you. Um as cuz I I try to understand that, but as a layman and somewhat of a Hollywood outsider, I needed a translator and I want to thank you for providing that translation. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. You know, we tried to make it accessible and still hit the big things for, you know, we it's weird on the town we have an audience of kind of half insiders, people in the business, and half just people who are interested in Hollywood and kind of the stories behind their favorite movies and shows. So we try to hit both. I, I like we're to, both. I, yeah, yeah, we're both. <laughs> I like to hear you guys, you know, slander different uh, bigwigs that I'm somewhat familiar with. 
And I hope that other people like that too. That's one of my. You're not really afraid to pull punches, which I feel like. And is the way why. you slander the unions is really interesting to hear as well, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I had some angry Writers Guild people on social media come after me this summer, but I think that's just because so much of the media was so in the pocket not the pocket in the tank for the unions because they were accessible mm -hmm. these people were available to talk to them all the yeah. time every day and in journalism <laughs> sure, you necessarily sure. <laughs> are going to side with the people that are available to you in talking so it's really you have to really try hard to not favor one side i think you know no one's perfect i i think i did an okay job on that but i was really adamant to not just accept what either side said at any time you gotta you gotta push back because everyone has an agenda in these things mm -hmm. oh no you're you're absolutely right but it, it is one of those issues where it, it, at least in my world if you say anything that is even remotely questioning the union you get killed yeah and that's i mean i get it they have an agenda especially during a strike they want solidarity amongst their members they want the media to promote their cause and i get it like they were very effective during this strike um you know the other side of the table also has means to go to directly to media outlets and whisper things and give them access and you know you just got to balance it it's a really difficult thing i actually there was a lot of good coverage during the strike there was a lot of really bad coverage during the strike just like horrible like eye-popping like oh my <laughs> god i cannot believe this is in a major news publication <laughs> But um, but it's really hard. You got to try. I feel like I heard you guys talk about the quote the guy gave about we want them to be homeless. Basically, is 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 what I'm par oh that is what I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> We're gonna sweat them out. That was <laughs> that still bothers me. That still bothers me because listen, my background was as a editor of a trade publication. I was at Hollywood Reporter for 14 years. I was yes, the yes, yes. editor in chief for almost five years. And shout out to our THR family. <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. Great people at THR. I still have tons of friends there. Um, they do good work. If you could share your law, if you could share your login, that would be great. THR doesn't have a paywall. I just learned, Chris. It's free. <laughs> no, it's free. Oh, it is. Free. Yeah. THR, the, the Penske trades are free. Now, now, Puck, on the other hand, I could use a login for if you don't mind. We do, yeah, we are not free. Uh, I, I divide the world into free media and paid media. My podcast is free, but if you want the newsletter and, and the stuff that Puck does, you do have to pay. It's not that expensive. but It is free, uh, but you got to hear sports. You got to hear guys talk about sports every once in a while. So uh, is it free? You know, That's true. Is, is it free on your time? No, we try to listen. The Ringer is primarily sports, but they have a lot of, of really great entertainment podcast too like you ever listen to the the watch I know. I, I, it, and they segregated nicely but yeah they have the big picture they have the watch they have they have a bunch of other really good entertainment but shows. every time you listen to one of your shows or one of you know the watch you'll be like here we're talking about stranger things season 11 blah blah and then at the very end be like right they you, you can't not work a little sports into it which is good for the crossover people but for me, it takes me out of it. Well, listen, as as bi-coastal elites, you guys should at least know the basics of what's going on in the sports world, right? No, no. Sports world is is central elites. That's your Texases, your Chicago's. That's where you need to know about sports. In Glendale, I don't need to know about sports except street racing. <laughs> the, the, That's true. The, so, I, I'm sorry. That, that quote bothered you because it shouldn't have ever made it into print. I, if, is that what I remember? No. Yeah. Okay. 
It was a, a, a blind quote that appeared on the Deadline.com website the, on the eve of the writers voting on whether to go on strike, or not voting, on deciding whether to go on strike. And it essentially was a, an unnamed executive. I, I am pretty sure I know who it was, and it was not anyone important, <laughs> saying essentially, we want to starve these guys out. We want them all to become homeless, lose their homes, and then come crawling back to us and we're going to you know, screw them that way, essentially. Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. And it was just so incendiary. The writers went so completely nuts. It was like dropping a bomb into a you know, very carefully, uh, diplomatically negotiated uh, peace talk. Mm -hmm. And it, it obviously had the intended effect. It caused them to say, screw you, we're going on strike. It was just, it was just irresponsible in my view. And, uh, and I, I was especially upset because I wouldn't have published it. Do you think this unnamed studio executive is proud of what he did or, and how much, how much it he caused? or she, he or she, I'm or sorry. She, I'm yeah. sorry. He or it, she, by the way, it was a, he, <laughs> um, let me guess. It was a, he, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like maybe I, I guess like some people just like to see their blind quotes in, in print or in on a web article. And like, I don't know, maybe I like to see my credited quotes in print. Yeah, it may have. Listen, if it was on the record, but if it was on the record, yeah, of course, publish it. If it's like someone who's willing to stand by that, but to just drop that bomb in, in the middle of everything. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, that was that was pretty bad. My other least favorite media coverage of the strike was the the guy who worked on suits. Did you see that article? Uh, there was an L.A. Times article by a guy yeah, yeah. who was a yeah. writer on suits. But, but, but describe it. Describe it to our... I, didn't, I did not. I did not see it. it. Was, and, and I'm not going to get all the details right here, but it was a guy who worked on suits who wrote an op-ed for the L.A. Times basically saying, I contributed to this, the sensation of the summer because suits was doing great numbers on Netflix. And all I made was $549 or mm -hmm. something like that. And it was just such a misrepresentation of how the economics of Hollywood work. First of all, this is a guy who had producing credits on like dozens of episodes of Suits. So, Ooh. you know, to say one episode <laughs> generated X amount of money, like when many, many other episodes are. Plus, the way that economics work is that you get paid by the studio that makes the show. In this case, it was... NBC Universal that made Suits. Mm -hmm. You don't get paid by Netflix. Netflix pays NBC Universal to license the show, and there are very specific royalties that and residuals that come out of the various windows down the line. So to equate in the middle of a strike to throw a number like that out there and say like I was basically you know exploited by Netflix and I want more money when everybody in the business knows how this works. It was pretty irresponsible but it got the intended effect yeah like people shared it the writers mm -hmm. got all roiled up over it and it was you know arguably it was helpful to them in maintaining their solidarity during the strike yeah it did it was it had the intended effect both times it sounds yeah. like you know you know the biz is going well when suits is the show of the summer right that's when <laughs> things are i know cooking and everyone's doing a great job do we know why the suits phenomenon occurred is that because netflix just it's an algorithmic thing or was there more to it than that everyone watched everything and that was the only thing left and they're like oh this is kind of not half bad there, there were fewer options during the summer and fall and i think people were looking for something fresh it was sure, it's sure. the kind of show that tends to do well on netflix it's very it's serialized it's soapy everybody looks great it's quippy you can kind of lean back and 
half pay attention and text your friends or make dinner. It had mm -hmm. Meghan Markle on the tile and it reminded people that there is a show that mm -hmm. Meghan Markle was on that they probably have not seen and it was new to them. And the algorithm then takes over. Markle Mafia was loving it. Exactly. And there's a lot of them on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because sure. they have, a, there's yeah. other. A couple of good looking guys in suits. Yeah, there's other Meghan Markle content on Netflix. <laughs> so people were served that. And then the algorithm takes over and starts. We all needed more Markle. More Markle. Well, there's going to be more suits. Oh, oh they're oh, they're making more of. They're they're bringing it back without Markle. They're doing Suits LA, or there's a pilot. They're they're trying to do Suits LA, and uh, there's some <laughs> rumblings about other stuff. I don't think Markle <laughs> will be in it. She's tried to kind of sounds like a store at the Galleria. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're trying to same. Put... Hold on, same same guys. Uh, I believe the original creators. Are are oh wait, are you talking about the Galleria? You guys are beyond me now. <laughs> Jason was saying Suits LA sounds like a store at the Galleria. Just an just an aside. Oh, oh yes, it does. <laughs> a Galleria. If they're lucky, it sounds like one of those like emporiums downtown that you see when you're trying yeah. to go to the jewelry district. Three three for ninety nine. What is the yeah? Uh, is by the way, I I told myself if I ever yeah, go ahead. No no no. no you you go. It was about. It was just going to make a fentanyl joke. Continue. Oh, okay. I told myself if I ever came on your show, I would... I got nothing, brother man. Uh, I told myself if I ever came on your show, I would challenge you guys to a, a, a question that I have often debated with my friends in Los Angeles, where I've lived for 20-something years okay. now. Um, what is your ranking of the five worst parking garages in Los Angeles? Oh. I have my list. <sighs> five worst the, the century city mall good it's on my list not number one but okay, it's on my list okay. Um, okay i actually i would say it's a little bit of a trick question universal city walk oh that's interesting that's a good one i did not have that <laughs> uh -huh. um, my number one is dodger stadium <laughs> which is still it's better than it used to be but dodger stadium is is the worst parking experience in los angeles yeah are we calling that a parking garage though it's not a garage. I know you. You we can quibble over the 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 Sorry. category here, but it is a parking experience. The, the number the, the one after that, I would say god awful parking experience. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a little bit of a tough one because it's no longer in operation. But <laughs> the ArcLight Hollywood parking garage. I used to like the ArcLight. Is, is a horrific experience. Used, I I used to be able to sort of gamify the I, oh, ArcLight. The theater's great. No, no, no. I'm talking about the parking lot. I used to know. I used to have oh, my really? spots. Nowhere to go, tuck into that corner and you'll be all right. And you can also you used to be able to drive the wrong way down a one way if you're quick with it. And you can kind of bypass a lot of oh, action. Wow. It, it had options, that's all I'm saying. Okay, you're better than me. No, it's it's not um, that. And then the then the other one is, you know, Santa in in Santa Monica, uh, a couple of those old like seventies era mm. parking garages in uh, off the promenade. Oh yeah. Where like if if somebody's parking or waiting for a spot then the entire parking garage <laughs> is backed up for like 35 minutes yeah though the, those are this is why i don't go to santa monica really Mac. no reason to go there yeah no i, I unless used, i'm going there to score what's the point no i have neither but i used to live in santa monica oh. okay <laughs> yeah it, it's it's pretty bad um and then and then i would say the the century city mall where, where do you list. live now what general area uh, West Side, like the Cheviot Hills area near Fox. Oh, okay. It works for me. I'm going all over town usually. Uh, yeah. Most of my business activities are like Beverly Hills area. Mm. 
um, and it's uh, it's a cool neighborhood. <laughs> I'm not nearly as cool as you guys to live on the east side. Oh, oh, we don't live. I don't live on the east side. I live in West Hollywood, like the closeted gay man that I am. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but 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 okay. So yeah, I'm not nearly as cool <laughs> enough to live in West Hollywood. Hey, look, Cheviot Hills is cool. <laughs> I mean, I, I I would not mind living there. In a you know, once I settle down, that's it's something to aspire to for sure. It's very nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I guess you don't really talk too much about your personal life. Um. On the on the pod, right? Nobody it's gives a shit. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a funny conversation that I had with with Bill Simmons, who runs the Ringer and was the person who first started talking to me about doing the podcast. And I was like, "Oh, you know, we'll just do it like once a week, like an hour, hour and a half, and we'll talk about all these issues." And he's like, "You know what? You're not. You know that, that's our hour long podcasts are for people that you want to hang out with." He's like, "You're not a hang." No one wants to hang out with you. They just want information and what you can bring to the show. So do it like 20, 30 minutes, three times a week, in and out. People can listen or not listen to this episode. There's another one coming. Like, no one, no one wants to hang out with you. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Sounds let's good. Let's do it. Like, it, it I think that I think the the beauty of of your podcast is the the cadence of it, the the frequency of release. Uh, we we both release three times a week, and I think that is a huge factor for both of our pods' successes. But I think you are a good hang, and I feel like once you get to arguing with somebody about something or mm-hmm. gossiping or talking, you know, like how we're about to talk about Joe Coy's performance, you know, I feel like people <laughs> want to hear you get the claws out a little bit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, for sure. Ooh. We want you to mother in a cunty way. Yeah. <laughs> Is that so much to ask? No, that, listen, I can definitely do that. I mean, listen, this was just an outpour. This was it was an outgrowth of stuff that we talk about yeah. all the time. I'm into it. So yeah, let's let's uh, on a recent episode of of your podcast, you were sort of predicting before the Golden Globes aired best and worst case scenarios. Obviously, best case, you know, ratings do well. It's fun and funny and blah blah blah. Worst case. You said like something bad happens on stage, like like a like a Chris Rock slap type of thing, but I don't. I I think Joe Coy would have much preferred a slap compared to what happened on Sunday. Would you agree? Career World is a new cookbook written by Dookie Hong and friend of the show Matt Rodbard. The New York Times best-selling authors of the book Koreatown. Korea World is a vibrant exploration of the evolution of Korean cuisine, both in Korea and in Korea towns across the United States, with more than 75 bold, flavor-packed recipes and stunning photography. The authors take an inside look at the exciting evolution of Korean food through stories of chefs, home cooks, as well as recipes that are shaping modern Korean cuisine. The book begins in Seoul, where the barbecue scene is pushing into new territory and where the city's third wave coffee culture is exploding. The tour continues with late night food adventures in Los Angeles, my hometown, and stops into the kitchens of innovative chefs from New York City to Portland who are putting modern spins on Korean classics. Recipes include giant short ribs, whole fried smash rockfish, and pineapple kimchi fried rice. I'm sad I didn't get to name the foods and you did. <laughs> Korea World is essential reading for anyone curious about the future of food. Available wherever books are sold. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Globes were a disaster for Joe Coy. Like, he will never host another award show again. Um, he, you know, definitely did some damage to himself. I don't think at the parties after the Globes, everyone was like, oh, his career's over. I'm like, no, 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 no. stop. First of all, he's a very successful stand up comic. 
he, you know, his audience doesn't give a shit about the Globes. Like, mm-hmm. he will be fine. He will go off and do his thing. Now, will he ever host another show? No. Will it hurt him getting a TV show, maybe, or a mo- another movie? He had a movie last year. Maybe it'll hurt him a little bit. But as a stand-up, he's fine. Mm-hmm. Now, the Globes themselves, I think it was a mm-hmm. pretty big success. There were more effing stars in that room than I think I have ever seen at the Globes. Like, even in the yeah. heyday, there were more. They packed so many stars in that room and that was the whole point the point was to show cbs which aired the show for the first time on a one-year deal that we can grow up we can be a professional award show and we can have a long-term deal on cbs or elsewhere and they showed that and the ratings went up it's 9.3 million viewers which is about 50 percent more than last year when the show was banished to a tuesday night Mm -hmm. with no football lead-in and, you know, didn't get to 10. Some thought it would get to 10 million, and that would have been the best case scenario. I predicted around nine, and it got to 9.3. So I think that's a win. I think someone, either CBS or other or another network, will pick up this show long term, and that's the win for the Globes. They will live to see another day and survive as a thing that people in Hollywood mm-hmm. care about. Um, I think Taylor was a big factor in getting people to watch. I think the NFL mm-hmm. lead in. I think that, you know, the, the real question, though, is in this push to be serious and get a long-term TV deal, did they sacrifice a lot of the fun and the wackiness of what people liked about the Globes? And that's a more well, interesting question. Well, I always question. thought it was... That I think they did. I think it's a boring show. I thought now. it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was always billed or at least talked about as kind of the fun younger brother or sister of award shows. You know, people are drunk. Everyone's going to get drunk and say something right. they shouldn't have said, which used to happen. Yes, it used to. Have, uh, Jack Nicholson got up on stage and t- announced he took a Valium. <sighs> a cl- a and classic. And like people would be in the bathroom when their names were called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or like there were, you know, people would be like toasting at their table. And now we got Robert Downey Jr. saying he took a beta blocker. <laughs> right. Dude, the beta blocker. That did not. But isn't, isn't it sad that we have to use Taylor Swift to get ratings for this award show for film and television, though? It is sad. I mean, is it even the Golden Globes at this point? I mean, it, listen, the Golden Globes uh, were always a fake award show given by 90 journalists. Now they're 300. And everyone played along because it was a great promotional platform Mm -hmm. in the heart of award season. And it helped thin the field for the Oscars and promote like people watched it. They liked it. So it's not like there's some sanctity of the, you know, the, the origin of the Golden Globes is this pure and mighty show. Like it's always been a joke. Do you think people liked it though? Oh, I think people watched it. I think people liked it because they wanted to see something happen. But I don't know if people like to talk to non-coastal elites who just watch to see their mm-hmm. favorite stars and see their favorite movies, they kind of don't even know the difference between the award shows. Yeah, they know the mm-hmm. Oscars. They know the But if you ask people to say, what's the difference between the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards? I don't know that they would even be able to tell you. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. You know, it's just definitely like... So these, these are people who are not tweeting about uh, production and sound issues uh, at the performance? They, exactly, yes. they're not. They just... Layman's. Right. It's like when it's like when you talk about the ratings for the Oscars and like, oh, is the host going to help the ratings? Are the categories being bumped off the show going to help or hurt the ratings? None of that matters. The only thing that has been proven to help the Oscar ratings is whether the movies that are nominated are movies that people have seen. The year of Titanic was the highest watermark mm. for the Oscars of all time. And when movies that people have seen are nominated, 
They are more likely to watch because they have skin in the game. Oh, I've seen Black Panther. I've seen Top Gun. This year, it's going to be great for the Oscars because people have seen Barbie and Oppenheimer, and those are going to be two of the front runners. So, mm-hmm. like, that's a, that's the win. It, the problem the Oscars and the all the award shows have had is the fractured nature of the culture. Now, there is no monoculture. So, if there's no monoculture, then people are not as invested in the movies that are being nominated and honored. So, when you have a gift like mm-hmm. this, where Barbenheimer managed to get into the monoculture this year it's going to be great for the oscar that's very logical and i would agree that people i mean the taylor swift thing is definitely true but people seeing the movies does make a difference especially if they if they were beloved like barbie feels more beloved than oppenheimer to me just because i think it's like a a, an easier to digest story true but oppenheimer made almost a billion dollars so clearly people saw it that's true (laughs) that's true matt do you think um joe coy is on drugs do I think Joe Coy was on drugs? Uh, I I am not in a position to determine whether he was on drugs or not. This Wrong not answer. A, this is not an Elon Musk at the New York Times event situation where it was obvious that he was on something. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, mm. but I don't I don't know. Was he? Is that the sentiment that he was on drugs? So you're saying Joe hit it better? Do, no, I did, I've never heard that, Jason. Is that this sounds like from the brain of Jason Stewart, not from the hive mind? This is uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not accusing. This is just a speculation, throwing it out there, seeing if anyone bites. But I think I think something was going through his bloodstream. Then it wasn't 1942. Do you? <laughs> do you? Maybe. The real question is. Though, I don't know. Did you guys? The one that I was questioning is Kevin Costner. What was going on with him at the Globes? Oh, he's he's just. Did you see him? He's just. In, <laughs> he's still in Yellowstone mode, Matt. You know, he's just a laid back guy. He's dating Jewel now. He has a new lease on I life. I don't know. You think? You think I, I think it was either. It, it could either be like he stroked out and nobody, like nobody knew that he kind of had a stroke and they kept it chill, or he just discovered like Woody Harrelson gummies and he's just kind of like. <laughs> floating around just like yeah i'm just doing this thing like i hate all you people this is i hate my life i shouldn't be alive anymore you know old hollywood is dead this is this is like a funeral to him so you might as well crack a joke or something i think he's i think i think costner's having the best year i mean besides what what's going on with yellowstone though he's got beef with the creator so it's over he's off he's gone but they're gonna keep going without it yeah he he's done they yeah he He went off to shoot his movie. He made a $100 million Western called Horizon that's coming out this summer, followed six weeks later by another $100 million Western called Horizon Part (laughs) 2 that he then shot this past summer. And he just wasn't interested in Yellowstone anymore, so he was jerking around the the cast and the creator on his dates. He wanted mm-hmm. like to come back to film the last part of season five. He wanted to only work like a week and a half. And they were like, screw you. You're the star of the show. Like you can't, we can't just work around you like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they said, you're, you're done. You're off. So they're going to write him out of the second half mm-hmm. of season five. And then they're going to relaunch the show next year as a new version of Yellowstone with a, with probably McConaughey. They haven't. I mean, who else yet. could it be? But uh, some of the cast members will stay and then there will be no Costner. That seems unnatural. I, know, I, I think it'll be McConaughey. The question is yeah, how they do yeah. it. What happens like 
Kevin Costner's character gets killed and then reappears as McConaughey and we're oh, supposed no, no, to no, just... Oh, no, 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 no. It will not be a continuous character thing. They're not going to just, like, bewitch us or something like that, where it's like, the, <laughs> one day there's a new, okay, there's a new okay. version. No. <laughs> okay. It'll be, it'll be a different okay. character. Either the... He'll buy the ranch or he'll... Oh, I, mean, I don't know okay. what's going to happen, okay. but okay. something will happen that McConaughey comes yes. in. Gay cousin. Yes. Something. Gay cousin. Something <laughs> like that will come in. Um, I, I don't actually. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that I'm redoing <laughs> all of these stables. I don't think gay people exist in the world of Yellowstone. <laughs> no, gay, gay people. A lot of stuff. The two things that don't exist in the world of Yellowstone is humor and gay yeah. people. That's a hundred percent fact. Yeah. They do have one black friend. They have. They have the. They have a black rancher on the show. So the black people do exist in the world of Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's da- who's dating the. He's dating the freaky, the, the the other freaky ranch hand who has the crazy voice. <laughs> yes. What is um? Yes. All right. So so the Globes. You're saying overall it's a W yes. for the Pinsky Corporation. For for the owners, uh, Todd Bowley and Jay Pinsky, it is a W. Someone will buy this show, and that was the only goal of this year. They were they recalibrated everything to make it all about the stars and mm-hmm. all about you know we're an adult award show that can you know be be a respected place for celebrities to go and it succeeded and they pissed off a lot of people in the process mm-hmm. the funniest thing was that we sprung for the nobu they got nobu in there they got you know a real dinner they got they they made that stage bigger and then they added 50 or so no, new nominees to the mix so they had to boot a bunch of uh, producers and executives who are used to sitting in the pit with their clients and their movies, they Uh-oh. had to boot them to like the second and third mm-hmm. tier of the of the room, and people were so pissed about that. Like the appearances were not being kept up, and like one studio head who I will not name just didn't show up, didn't just no showed the Globes, even though his studio had several movies nominated. I like that. I've got a reputation. So all these executives and CAA and WME and all these people, they had to sit almost as far back as the people who made beef is what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty far back. <laughs> I know. They, they've done better in recent years. It used to be that the film people sat up front and then the TV people sat in the back. It was a very clear hierarchy of yeah. who was important. Now they've moved yeah. people up Tables a turn, though. <clears throat> yeah, a little bit more. Like the succession people were down low, the bear people, the people who they figured would win were, were down low with the with the real well, movie that's, stars. Well, that's why Beef wasn't down there because Beef was bad and none of us can believe it won that many awards. <laughs> so that, that makes sense to me. I was not a fan of Beef either. I actually didn't finish it. No no one I know is a fan of Beef. That's, the whole, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It, like No one I know liked it. I never heard anyone say anything good about it. I liked a little bit yeah. of it, but I didn't finish either. I found them all annoying. Yeah, it was, there was no one likable and not in a cool way like Yellowstone. You know, it wasn't. I think it, it was. Ri- like it was that. riding what? high on the kind of '90s needle drops of like it's so crazy that they're playing this like emotional scene with this like power ballad from the '90s injected into my veins, OMG kind of thing. So like, obviously, Joe Coy did an awful job. I feel bad for him to that. You know, so so bad that I feel bad for him, which is rare and weird. Dream scenario, other than me, who is the ideal host for the Golden Globes? Oh, I mean, ideal or like someone they could get. <laughs> Let's, Let's do, do both. both. Let's, Let's do, do both. both. <laughs> dead. I mean, it can be dead or alive. No, no, they can't be dead. They can't be dead. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't back. know. Like, look at the people who were who were already there in the room. Like Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig are amazing. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Martin Short was just sitting there in the front row. Like, Ugh. why not just? 
bring him up on stage and let him do his thing. Like, there's a million people that could do a great job hosting. I mean, I, they tried to get Dave Chappelle to do it pre-trans controversy stuff. They wanted a long-term deal with Dave Chappelle to be like their new Ricky Gervais, and yeah. that never worked out. They were going to pay him a lot of money, too. I'm sure. Um, I like Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock's really funny. Well, that's what I was going to ask, though. What's the payday looking like? Because it, it, the, the stakes are high. So the money's got to match that in my no, opinion. it doesn't. That's the problem. Most of the time, <laughs> I don't think it's that. It doesn't seem that high. Yeah, I mean, well, obviously they can pay whatever they want. So if they want to pay someone sure. a lot of money to do it, but like Gerard Carmichael last year, he announced on stage that he only made five hundred grand. Yeah, but Gerard Carmichael only deserves five hundred grand. You, you know what I mean? Like Gerard, Ger <laughs> I mean, he, he was <laughs> like not I, a big star, I like right. he I like Gerard Carmichael, but he's not a superstar. He doesn't command more than I that. totally forgot that he hosted last year. That was he was crazy. fucking funny. He was like funny. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't for everyone, but it was at least a bit. Like he did a thing, and it was and it was it was yes, kind of funny yes. on his own. He terms. did something. Uh, I believe Tina and Amy both got a million when they host. I believe that is right. I'm don't quote me on that, but uh, I believe that they each got a million. But even that, like, it's just such a thankless job. How long gone ain't showing up for less than a million? Each? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, unless unless you do a good job. Honestly, someone that I think they could get, who I think like R Ricky Gervais, did a good job. Yeah, no, Ricky was amazing. He put that show on the map. They didn't have a host for many years, mm -hmm. and when he started doing it, it became something that people looked forward to. Now, people in the room hated it, and <laughs> that that you know they didn't want to be targeted. And there's the infamous clip of like. Him talking about sweatshops in front of Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, <laughs> probably didn't love that. But like the yeah. the audience loved Ricky Gervais. Um, it's just that for the new Globes, yeah. where they're trying to be friendly to the celebrities and to get them in the room, like the celebrities in the social media age, celebrities have so much power now. Too much. They are their own media companies. Yeah. They don't need they don't need media. They don't need an award show, with exceptions, but. You can't sit them in a room and insult them for three hours and expect them to just sit there and play along anymore. <laughs> like Taylor Swift, there was one innocuous joke about her, and she gave the guy the side eye, and the entire internet went completely crazy. That was yeah. a good. That was the only good joke he told. That was actually legitimately topical and and a funny Wait, which in joke? a safe way. The joke about Taylor Sw about how the Globes is better than the NFL because they cut away to Taylor Swift less often. Mm -mm -mm. Well, he after he made the mo the joke about how Barbie is only about boobies. I know the joke wasn't even about her. The joke. <laughs> the <laughs> All right. Yeah, the boobs thing. You can't say boobs on a stage anymore. Not at an award show. That like, one. I mean, that one was just so like you could you could see the way people were looking at him. Just like you have not earned the right to talk this level of shit. We exactly. don't even know who you are, bro. Like it, you could you could actively see a grave being dug yes. and that was sort of interesting to watch, but We're a long way from the Seth MacFarlane We Saw Your Boobs song at the I believe it was the 2013 <laughs> yeah. we've, moved, we've moved we've moved past that. What? Yes. I was there. I will say I was there at the Oscars for that song and people laughed. People were laughing I'm at sure. that song only only after the fact were people outraged that he would dare, you know, talk about nudity in that way? <laughs> it's disgusting. You you went to the Globes last year, but you didn't get an invite this year. Why do you think that is, Matt? Uh, a couple factors. I think that the face crunch in the room really caused a lot of people to get booted off the list. You know, now the Globes are co-owned by Jay Penske, who owns all of the. Hollywood trade publications, including my old outlet, Hollywood Reporter. Mm -hmm. 
So mm -hmm. he stacked the room with his own people. And of the outlets that he doesn't own, I have heard that only the New York Times had a person in the room, yeah. um, which was funny because the Times then trashed the show. <laughs> uh, but he just doesn't. I mean, he has all these publications and his own people that want to go. So he just doesn't. Uh, doesn't allow outside people in, which is his choice. He can, you know, he can do that. Sure. I think it's a mistake not to be friendlier. You don't like it? You could throw your own award show. <laughs> exactly. And listen, I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't like begging. Like, I'm not going to beg to go to the Golden Globes. I've been several times. It's a fun show, but like, the worst it would be to go and get the worst table in the room because there are two tables mm -hmm. in the back of the ballroom at the Beverly Hilton, it's the ultimate indignity because not only can you not even see the stage from those tables, but everyone walks past you when they come into the room. So everyone knows you have the worst table at the Globes. See, okay, that's this is good intel, Matt. It's like this a, is good it's intel. like stamping a loser. <laughs> I like that. It's like stamping a loser tag on your forehead. It's like, hi. I have the worst table. Nice to see you. Yeah, hi. Good to see you too. Margo, I love you. Um all right, Matt. I want to I want to talk about your your kind of cons consumption habits. Okay. Because I feel like you there's only so many hours in the day. You crank out a newsletter twice a week, get the podcast twice a week. How much couch time are we clocking to take all this shit in? Good question. Um I try to at least sample everything that is in the conversation i don't watch a lot of full seasons like there are shows that i do like and you know yeah. like i'm watching fargo right now and i'll probably i'll watch all of fargo and like i love i like the crown and i watch all of the crown but like if there's a new show i will mm -hmm. check it out and see what it is and then if i don't like it i'm like okay i'm good so it, it enables mm -hmm. me to at least talk credibly about what something is without like diving into everything and being a completist about it. Same with movies. For the award season, I do think that I should see everything. And I go to a lot of premieres mm -hmm. and a lot of screenings this time of year just to make sure that I saw it. Like for instance, I knew about like Maestro. If I tried to watch Maestro at home on Netflix, I'd probably fall asleep. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I so <laughs> I went to the premiere <laughs> because I was sitting there for two hours <laughs> trapped and I had to take it in, and I, you know, I enjoyed it. But like, I would that the power of the dog last year. Oh, forgot about the power of the dog. <clears throat> Maestro was a good sauna movie for me. Power of the dog. It took me three sittings to get through the whole thing. It was so boring. <laughs> and like, that's not a way to experience one of these prestige movies. So I try to, if they invite me, I try to go to the premiere or or like a you know press or or guild screening mm -hmm. i'm kind of with you except i'm not getting invited <clears throat> to that many premieres or screenings but that's the only way i can kind of sit through a movie at home there's just no way i'm not going to look at my phone etc you know what i mean i'm not going to get in the mindset the way you will in a theater if i like the movie i pay attention sure okay that's fair I, I'll, I'll try harder the only <laughs> problem is there's only one or two of those a year but i've, I've found <laughs> and maybe Maybe this is something uh, as you know, somebody who's living a similar life as a podcaster, jet setting around the world. Do you do you ever save these kind of more boring prestige films for the airplane, which is another great captive audience location? You know, I'm not a big plane movie watcher. Honestly, I listen to pods on the plane and I work because it's a nice place to like to write and to like like kind of tune out. Uh, occasionally, I I will. But I do a lot of the yeah. New York, L.A. flights, and I typically don't 
watch the movies there. Um, I don't know why. I also try to see them early. Like if I, you know, especially in the fall with the film festivals and the screenings for guilds and stuff, like I try to be able to to talk credibly about the movies before they are out so that, you know, we can have a better sense of, uh, I also, we, I do box office predictions as well on the, on the mm. pod and having seen the movies, it's a big, big help to kind of see whether uh, it's going <laughs> to resonate I can see that. with an audience. I, I'm, I'm much better <laughs> yeah, yeah, if yeah. I've seen it. So it helps to watch the film. Okay, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> it does. Got it. it right. helps to so watch a big the part film. of my job is I have to watch the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you are you a Delta guy? Oh, on no. Your, I'm American. On your, on your JFK to LAX flights, you a Delta guy? I'm a, I'm American. American? I, Matt, get it together. What the hell? Oh, well, I don't I mean, is, is American not good anymore? The airline or the nation? <laughs> Yeah, but it's not but it's not but it's not delta i mean I, i'm sure you're in the admiral's club etc cetera, etc cetera. you've been in it but are you from the midwest or something what is your allegiance to america <laughs> honestly when i was the editor of the hollywood reporter we had a deal with them and we had a an owner of the publication at the time that uh, let us all charge everything to our own cards and then get reimbursed. There were no company cards. Yeah. So I just racked up so many miles and so much loyalty on American that I just kept with mm -hmm. it. At one point, one year, I put like a $30,000 Sundance condo on my credit card. <laughs> and I just like went nuts on the points mm. all year. Okay, mm. okay, so that I, makes sense. I just got American loyalty that way. And like... The, the New York to L.A. flights on American are pretty nice, okay. like, especially if you're upgraded sure, and sure. like the business class. And the, they it's it's amazing. And they even have, you know, you talk about the uh, the Admiral's Lounge. They have a VIP lounge within the VIP lounge. Now they have the like flagship first lounge at L.A. Uh, and you have access like, to that. I sometimes I don't as much anymore because I am not at, I am at a startup and we don't do have the same kind of policies. But when you when you arrive there at the Admiral's Lounge, you either go right or you go left. And I'm telling you, man, going left is like a different world. Like they 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 there's a restaurant. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like when you walk on a, an airplane itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They, they want you to feel like you're going into first class. Like the line from Jerry Maguire used to be a better meal. Now it's a better life. What are the differences between the, the poor people? lounge and the less poor people lounge well first of all there's a restaurant they let you like can sit down and they will make you whatever you want to eat oh there is a full open bar serve yourself mm. where you just kind of go and make whatever cocktail you want there's um there's like a guy it depends on what time you go there but there's a guy like you know whipping up omelets in the morning or like whipping up you know something like a, like a taco truck type situation and it's just not crowded. It's very mm -hmm. like Fritata. civilized. These lounges can get pretty crowded and like it's it just feels kind of grubby. You're like, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, putting your hand in the Chex mix <laughs> with like 30 other people. Like grubby is a great word for it. Yes. Uh it's just it's just nice. Now, I was certainly not paying for that experience, and I'm sure it was absolutely outrageous compared to what you actually get. But uh, I, having had access to it, I will definitely not complain. So if if we're looking at the the film festivals, because you mentioned Sundance, so what what's number one for you? Are, are you are you a Cannes guy? Are you a Sundance guy? What's got the better parties, the better celebrities? You Maybe know? Toronto's, yeah, on the up and up. 
Yeah, my my favorite film festival to attend is the Toronto Film Festival. I have a more populist taste. I like movies that have plots and good characters and like, you know, are fast to watch. And the movies at Toronto are much more commercial than the movies at some of the other film festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also in a nice big city. The parties are at like real restaurants and the events are all kind of in one area of Toronto. Uh, it's just a fun, it's a, it's a really fun festival to attend. And it's the kickoff for the award season. So you get to see things early that will likely be talked about for the rest of the season. Like I saw American Fiction there this past September. And that's mm-hmm. a great film, yeah. really fun. Like it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, re- I recommend it highly. And it was great to be in the first screening of that film. Friend of the show, Cord Jefferson. Oh yeah, Cord's a great guy, and he he's done a great job selling that movie, great guy. especially with during the strike when there were no stars to sell it. And it it was just a fun experience being in the first screening of that movie. Um, you know, Sundance, I do go. the The narrative movies at Sundance are so hit and miss. You know, there's a reason the movies are there. Either it's got a star in it and it's like really not commercial or it's really difficult or it's, you know, an indie director who's kind of, you know, made something important but maybe not the most enjoyable movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I I I don't love it. Also, like I'm kind of a California guy. It's uh it's really freaking cold there. And uh, <laughs> sure, the documentaries sure. at Sundance are usually much better than the narrative features i would i i always have a good experience when i see the documentaries at sundance uh but that's that's sort of down the line and then can i've been to can several times it's it's fun like i i I recommend going because it's a cool experience but like once you've been fucking putting on a tuxedo five nights in a row to go to a movie like it's it's kind of a slog like it's it's kind of annoying sitting there. I remember sitting there in a tuxedo watching How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> could you could you please try to say How to Train Your Dragon with a French accent? Just just for me. It had a, it had a French name. I don't know, but I remember. No, it was not even How to Train Your Dragon. It was How to Train Your Dragon Two that I was watching at its Un premiere wearing a tuxedo and i was just looking around just like what are we doing here this movie is going to be that is a lot that's yeah a lot. exactly that's like a lot. Uh, this is i don't know it just didn't it seemed a and little also, bit also toronto toronto weed's legal there not so much in can am i right brother <laughs> i am not a big weed supporter or fan but i i <laughs> i do know it's legal in toronto because you smell it wherever you go yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you can you got Jonah Hill puffing outside the hotel. Yeah, the Canadians. Momofuku Ko is slammed. Yeah, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen's a national hero there. Yeah, I, that's the only place he's a national hero. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you that. I I don't. Oh, you. This is a, this is an anti Seth Rogen podcast. I'm not anti Seth Rogen. I'm I'm. He's obviously a great talent and has given me many laughs over the years. Freaks and geeks. I, I just mean, amazing. We're we're just kind of all done with his. His stoner, the shtick. weed. Yeah, I, I smoke weed and do ceramics. Is I, I'm I've heard it. It's been my five underwear years. is corduroy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just too much. He, but he's. I like, don't know, man. Yeah, I, that's a little tired. But what? the guy is producing a lot of really good stuff. He produces the boys. He produced the the like uh, the most recent Ninja Turtles movie, which is actually pretty good. Um, I don't know. You're not like, helping. I, I'm I'm pro Seth Rogen. No, I know that he gets a lot done, and his production <laughs> company is working hard, and he's he's a very 
high functioning drug addict and I can get behind <laughs> that. Yeah, he's like the most productive stoner in the world. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I'll give him that. I'll give him that. But I guess I just I just think that in my day of doing drugs when it was still illegal, it was a little bit less of a personality trait. And now people are able to make it their entire identity, which I find troubling. It's definitely his whole personality, which is funny. And the last. That's, that's all. That's Speaking all of, uh, of stoner stuff, what do you think Paul Giamatti's in and out order is? Uh, interesting. <laughs> I'm going to say he's a traditionalist because he does not seem like the kind of guy who goes to in and out a lot. That seemed to me oh, like, just oh, give I'm me a hamburger. <laughs> it's kind of like, that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm in from New York. I'm, I'm, I just won a golden globe. I'm treating my lady to something nice. Let's go to in and out. And I think he's a double, double fries and a diet Coke kind of guy. Oh, wow. That's okay. That's that, okay. I agree. You know, his, his Jason, I don't know if you saw this, but his girlfriend is a dominatrix from billions. Obviously, I saw it. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, his his girlfriend is the woman who plays his dominatrix in television's billions, and he pulled a bad bitch just by being Paul Giamatti, and it's it, it's as if he could be propelled into further legendary status. <laughs> yes, yeah. He's done it again, you know what I mean? Save some for the rest of us, Big Paul, is what I'm saying. Is there anyone with a better situation in Hollywood than Paul Giamatti? You do not have to care about what you look like. <laughs> yeah. You work constantly. You, you uh, Presumably, he's making decent money on a TV show that's gone 35 seasons or however long Billions has gone. And he can date his dominatrix and show up at in and out You got sideways under your belt. Yeah, exactly. Although, weirdly, the guy has not won an Oscar. Really? It's, I was shocked. He did not even get nominated for Sideways. That's a crime. Ain't that a bitch. It, it's one of the great. It's one of the great flubs of Oscar history. But I think Paul kind of likes it that way. Uh, no. Well, he would like to win an Oscar. They all. They all want an Oscar. He's out there campaigning. He's doing the screenings and shaking the hands and coming to LA. <laughs> he's, he's. He's in it. He seems to be playing ball. Did you hear him on Marin? He did a pretty good job. It was fun. Made me like him even more. Oh, I didn't know. Is that good? Yeah, it was good. It was just two old guys going. <laughs> I also like books, you know, but it was, it was good. Right. Um, speaking of sports, what do you think yeah. about Netflix live tennis in Las Vegas event? I, I mean, am I pro or con? I'm pro. Like Netflix is going to get into sports. It's just a matter of time. They're going to they're going to get some big rights to some major sport. So what they're doing now is they're towing the water. They're saying, "Okay, we're going to do these little one-offs that we can own." They want sports that appeals globally. So they did, you know, F1 stuff, they've done golf, they're doing this tennis match. These are global sports with international stars. Like they don't want the NFL. The NFL is a US thing. They want stuff that's going to travel around the world. And tennis makes perfect sense for them. I agree. It's a high, high earning demographic and fan global. It's all there. So you think it'll be a success? I think it's amazing because I like watching tennis and it is so hard to find where and when to watch it in the time zones. And oh, you need ESPN five, not ESPN six and tennis TV login thing. It's like really difficult. So if you're able to stream it on Netflix, especially with I think people are going to be excited for appointment television on Netflix. What do you think? I I am not a hundred percent sure at first. Mm -hmm. I think it's a it's just a different kind of viewing experience that people have with Netflix. It's a mm -hmm. different relationship they have with Netflix, where they don't think of it 
as, oh, it's eight o'clock. I need to turn on Netflix. Right, right. So right. this is going to be this one of my predictions for 24 that I wrote on my in my Puck newsletter is that I think Netflix goes into live events in a big way this year beyond just this tennis match. And they also they're going to air the SAG Awards this year. But I think they're going to do more of this stuff and try to train their customers to look for live events on Netflix. And they're going to do that because it increases engagement. If people are thinking, oh, I got to go to Netflix. Mm -hmm. They also sell advertising now. And advertisers love live events because it's urgent. You got to watch now. You can mm -hmm. put a, an ad for a movie that's coming out this Friday in the tennis match. And people are going to watch it on a Tuesday and make their decision on what to see that weekend based on what they see in the ad. Like advertisers love live and Netflix thus is going to love live. I'm not going to pause it because I want to be, I got to be tweeting along with it. Right. Like most yeah. people think of Netflix as a, uh, a repository and they got to change that. They got to change the impression that people have of the brand yeah. and expand it to include live stuff, which I think they can. Mm -hmm. I think so too. I think so too. Could you uh, rifle off a couple other predictions in this paywalled puck article? <laughs> Por favor. We are a hundred dollars a year. A hundred dollars a year for all Ooh. of our puck authors. That is a that is the bargain of the century. You guys, yeah. as bi-coastal elites, that is like nothing for you guys. Matt, 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 Matt. Look, $100 to me is nothing. I'm obviously a Puck subscriber. I have been since day one. Thank you to my friend Lauren Sherman. Mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, but even before Lauren started, I was there. Jason's having a harder time. He's not a big subby guy. Mm. He doesn't subscribe to a lot of stuff. Okay. Oh, uh, just the free version of it. <laughs> so, uh, so whose Netflix password are you using? Well, actually, I'm, I'm talking about print, print media. That's not uh, that I don't really pay money oh, for, just, which is bad. Journalism, yeah, Jur yeah, yeah. He he refuses to support journalism, but yeah. entertainment he will support. But I, Chris uses my Hulu login for the record, since you brought it up. Forget Carry supporting; on. it's really becoming well. Media is really bifurcating these days. There is there is a big split between you media you pay for and media you do not pay for. And the media you do not pay for is getting pretty wild out there. Yeah, and for sure. So I think the media that it, it's worth it to pay for a little quality media and uh, and get get the full experience. I agree. But so that was not your question though. Your question was other predictions for the year. Mm -hmm. We'll go through. I mean, I did a bunch of like more kind of hardcore businessy ones that that we don't have to talk about. One of my predictions though is I believe that Travis Kelsey will book a movie. A hundred percent agree. Cast a hundred percent agree with you. A hundred percent. I mean, agree. he wants it. He signed with CAA. John Cena's bummed. Yeah, the team basically <laughs> said it. He's got a CAA team. First of all, he says he he wants to be the Rock. He's like, I'm never going to be as famous as the Rock. Okay, well, you got to do movies if you want to be as famous as the Rock. And he's got five CAA agents whose job is to find him mm -hmm. what his next thing is. And he's got the spring and summer off. They will they'll put him in something. I agree. And he actually did a good job hosting yeah, he's SNL. Funny. I was I was pleasantly surprised by how well he performed. It was good. He's good. Now, can he act? No idea. No idea if he can act. Okay, so Travis is going to book a Kevin Hart buddy cop kind of <laughs> Maybe. thing. Maybe. I mean, I I'm going to say no, but it doesn't matter. If I were at CAA, I would not put him as a star in anything. I would give him a side character, a you know, the mm -hmm. third buddy, or but but I wouldn't have it be like a Tom Brady situation, like in Ted Two, where he just showed up as Tom Brady. Spoiler. Like that's not doing him any favors. Like he can get a game show 
or a reality show or any of that other stuff. Like he could get that in a second. He could host the ESPYs. Uh, maybe he should host the Golden Globes next year. But um, there we go. But they don't want that. He wants. He wants like. The, he wants the John Cena, Rock, Arnold Schwarzenegger path, and it. You need to start small. Okay. Um. Last question. You don't have to answer it if you don't want to. Um. At the Ringer, do you get paid a a flat salary or is it performance based? Uh. It is a flat. Be. good to know and the ringer the my show is unusual for the ringer because it is a co-production of puck and the ringer um which they don't typically do so they they pay puck and puck pays me i love okay. i love getting into the weeds with you matt uh thank you for joining us that's that's how good matt is they're they're bending the rules yeah they're, <laughs> they're, we'll do whatever we can to get him on the team over here at the ringer sure yeah mm -hmm. i i guess I, yeah I, I don't know i don't know that the conversations went exactly like that um but yeah we're not asking you to toot your own horn we're tooting it for you pal you guys should host the globes would you host the globes if they asked great idea matt Yes, we would. It's it's the only thing I could think about <laughs> as I was watching Joe Coy ruin his his career is I would I would love to be hosting these motherfucking Golden Globes. That will probably never happen, but you never know. They asked the smartless guys. Oh, they okay. We got a we got a chance if those the smartless guys passed. Pass. Why the smartless guys passed? Oh, they don't need it because they're big stars. They don't need that shit. They don't. Nobody wants that job. Nobody wants to host award shows in general and certainly not the Globes. It is just walking into a buzzsaw. Everybody attacks you. I want the buzzsaw. Well, look, we have nothing to we have nothing to lose. We have no career to speak of. So it's not that big of a deal for us. Yeah. <laughs> so um which is why we'll never be asked to do I don't know how demographically appealing you guys are. They need more than the bicoastal elites to watch this show. Yeah, we could have some different we could have some correspondents, you know what I mean, join us to kind of liven it up a little bit. We'll we'll brainstorm and send over a PDF. Demographically for you to check can't out. get worse than Joe Coy, so we're in a decent place. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <sighs> Matt, thank you again for joining us. Everybody subscribe to Puck to reads to read Matt's uh, bi-weekly dispatches listen to the town on the ringer network and matt we're gonna have you back every award season to, to kind of debrief our people anytime guys i love the show we really appreciate it matt thanks so much for your time we love your show too and since you get paid salary feel free to fast forward the commercials in the town right <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> that is not recommended I, you know i read commercials it's all good they make me do ad reads I know. I, I listen to them. Yeah. I listen to ads because I know how much it means to fellow podcasters. Yeah. I would never fast My forward. My favorite ad read I did was for Arby's. <laughs> they, uh, they had me do an Arby's ad read. It was amazing. That's, we have a relationship with the McDonald's Corporation that's not dissimilar to Arby's. One's doing better than the other, but we don't need to say that. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> but I